art is the universal language. It's what I love about communicating engineering ideas. It's really the process of finding the art and communicating the art and getting that connection to inspire them to appreciate the engineering even more. Hello, I'm Sue Nelson, and thanks for joining me on Create the Future, a podcast brought to you by the Queen Elizabeth Prize for Engineering. My guest today is the innovation lead for the international engineering company Lang O'Rourke. She's also a role model for women and engineers of colour and received an MBE in the Queen's 2020 New Year's Honours List for her services to engineering innovation and diversity in STEM. Yawanda Akinola got her degree in engineering design and appropriate technology from the University of Warwick as well as a Master's in Innovation and Design for Sustainability from Cranfield University, while working at Arup as a design engineer concentrating on water management systems. She's a visiting professor at the University of Westminster, has won the UK Young Woman Engineer of the Year, and has been honoured with the Exceptional Achiever Award by the Association for Black Engineers. And if... Like me, you think this makes her sound like a little bit of a superhero, you'd be right. Because Yawande has also been represented in cartoon form as an engineering superhero. So I began by asking her how this fun and rather wonderful tribute happened. That was Google Arts and Culture. So um, they were working on a really cool project to celebrate scientists and really celebrate the role of science and engineering in the built environment. And what they did was to select um, some really, really cool scientists and engineers as part of telling the story of the role science and engineering plays in our environment. And I was asked to, (laughs) I was asked to be part of it, you know, really coming from the angle of you know, water and water consumption in our built environment, you know, where water goes, how we deal with shortage of water and how we deal with too much water. It was it was great fun. Yeah, it's a, it's a fabulous depiction. And I must admit, because you're British, but you were born in Nigeria, I couldn't help but think of Princess Shuri from Black Panther. <laughs> I'm not the first person to say that, am I? No, no, you're not. <laughs> She's brilliant. You know, when Black Panther came out, I was so excited about it. You know, I mean, for the first time, I was literally, you know, kind of connecting on so many levels with a character on the big screen. <laughs> and just seeing other young people as well connecting with this character that's you know like extremely intelligent like extremely brave like zero stereotypes as well really playing a role in you know ensuring that her people were well her community was well defending her community as well including all the cool gadgetry that was that was really amazing and, and obviously linked into the story of the black panther himself really amazing yeah i mean 
you know, I'm white and, and I felt seen as well. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. I just, yeah, I just love the whole depiction of, of women there. And as you say, particularly women who normally we often think with like James Bond, it's mm. Q, mm. It's, it's a man. Yeah. Who, who's in charge of all the cool gadgets so you know obviously that's something that uh, that really appeals to you and the and this sense of of community and you work um you've done a lot of work that's involved projects where you've really helped with water and sanitation where does that desire to help communities come from i grew up in nigeria and i guess anybody who you know Anybody who has lived in Africa really would appreciate the sense of community. You know, your business is everybody else's business and everybody else's business is your business. Um, and I grew up in, you know, communities where I could see the direct impact of, you know, good infrastructure as well as the lack of infrastructure. And I remember as a kid, you know, there were times we wouldn't have, you know, water flowing through our taps and would have to think of where to get water from. And that stuck with me, you know, it really stuck with me because it was the process of, you know, coming up with a solution to a problem. For a long time, I wanted to study architecture because I was really inspired by some really cool architects around me, some really cool buildings around me. Um, but just as I started to think about university and what I was going to study, uh, my mom kind of re rekindled uh, the engineering passion stroke interest in me by suggesting I considered engineering. And I think it just happened that the fact that I uh, was on an engineering degree program that had a massive bias towards developing countries, you know, that helped me go back to the place where I really wanted to work on projects that had a direct impact on people's lives. Um, and, and so I worked with Thames Water. And, um, I took a year out uh, between my second and my third year at university. Um, and then when I graduated, I went back into the water stroke water solutions uh, industry with Arup. And it just grew and grew from there. And while you were at Arup, you decided to do a your master's. Yes, yes. Um, and <laughs> it's 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 a story that you know I think I'm going to be telling my grandkids forever and ever because it really came about because I was being mentored by the most incredible creative. My boss, uh, David George, um, was you know he spoke through sketches. Whenever a problem landed on his desk, he didn't just rush to just, you know, get a solution together. He thought about why the problem existed. He thought about, you know, what we could do to make sure the problem never came back. He thought about creative ways of designing a solution. And when the solution did not exist in a product, he encouraged us to create the product. And so I had this wonderful, fresh, creative, you know, learning in the first few years of my career. Um, and then I just became thirsty, you know, there was that thirst for more knowledge, 
for, uh, you know, a, a wider breadth in terms of my perspective. Um, and then I found this really cool program at Cranfield. It was titled Innovation and Design for Sustainability. And when I saw it, I just thought, wow, innovation, design, sustainability, my favorite words. And so I asked my boss if I could enroll on this program and he was so supportive the company was very very supportive and I and I did it over two years <laughs> there were some late nights and long train journeys but it was absolutely worth it and when you finished that was that the thing that made you think right this is going to determine the sort of projects I want to work on in future exactly there was well there were several light bulb moments you know, when I just kind of thought, wow, the only way I'm going to be able to sustain my interest and passion, you know, in engineering and for engineering is if I can see the direct impact of, you know, the work that I'm doing on society, if I can see my career as just not a career, but an opportunity to constantly express creativity and so I just decided and actually you know I still have to kind of get back into that mind frame every so often but then I decided that I would you know work in projects you know whether they were big projects or whether they were small projects but projects where I could you know learn I could push on the boundaries of my capabilities uh, I could meet interesting people and um, projects that would expose me to other cultures of the world and it's been an incredible journey since it really has you know working on projects in different parts of the world um, and really having confidence and faith in the idea of creativity and innovation. So give me an example of a project abroad that has incorporated all of these aspects. The project that comes to mind, and and also really because it really pushed, it really pushed me, (laughs) you know, it really pushed me out of my comfort zone, is a project I worked on in China just stunning water park hotel resort in southern China with dolphin stadiums and lazy rivers, super high-rise building, you know, sustainable elements inbuilt in terms of the water consumption and the water reuse, best use of solar energy as well. Um, And I moved out to China because I was really fascinated by the work that was happening there and when I did I <laughs> I couldn't speak Mandarin <laughs> I could barely use chopsticks I had no you know I, I didn't know what the local um you know regulations were um and so when I landed there was you know there was a very very steep learning curve um, and then I was asked to work on this project with architects from the US, with architects and engineers from the UK and the incredible designers in China working with the clients who were uh, based in the UAE. And this combination of, you know, first of all, global cooperation, you know, towards uh, a combined vision for a sustainable exciting water resort stroke you know um hotel was 
absolutely amazing. I learned so much. Um, and now when I go on the website for the hotel and see the videos and see people really experiencing the space, people from all over the world really experiencing the space, um, it really, it really, really um, puts a big, massive smile on my face. And it makes me feel, you know, to every extent, you know, a global citizen, purely and mainly through my um, career as an engineer. That's really interesting as well in terms of bringing forth some of the skills that you need as an engineer when you're working on projects and working abroad, isn't it? It's yeah. it's that cultural reference and knowledge and the practicalities, as you say, of knowing, well, what are the planning laws here? What are the, the, the certain restrictions here? Yeah. Um, as well as eating, language, everything. It's the whole sort of package, really. Absolutely. And, and I think that's what we need to kind of really enjoy well I, I you know I, I try to to do that as an engineer recognizing I'm an engineer but you know that comes with you know great excitement it comes with culture it comes with art um, music as well and just seeing all the different elements that you know contribute to to the profession in its entirety. I know that you've worked on projects in, in Africa as well and, and, and the Middle East. Have you ever had the opportunity to work in Nigeria? Ah, uh, you know what? I I haven't worked on a large project in Nigeria. I've done quite a bit of consultancy work in Nigeria. I worked with um, a great team here at De Montfort University led by um, a really amazing guy called Dr. Muiwa Oinlola um, to develop, you know, sustainable solutions for building low-cost housing. And he had been researching the reuse of plastic bottles as building material um, for homes in rural Nigeria. And it was such a joy to work with him developing this uh, solution. So I worked as part of the design team, trying to work out how we could collect water as well, trying to work out how we would stack and fill the bottles. And then he and a fantastic team uh, with his students went out to an area just outside Abuja, uh, which is the federal capital uh, city, and built a mock-up of uh, their solution, of, of the solution. I've done a lot of um, consultancy work, just advising organizations, uh, working with young people as well to inspire them, to share knowledge with them. And I, do you know what, I'm, I'm really hopeful for for the day that I can work on a, you know, big, massive infrastructure project. You know, I've got my fingers and toes crossed. I know it will happen. The question is when. I've actually seen a, that video. I'm pretty sure I've seen that video oh, uh, with the plastic bottles filled with earth, I think. Yes. And, and then making a house. I remember it because it was so simple. Mm -hmm. And yet in the sort of way, as with most good ideas, you just think, why didn't somebody think of this before? <laughs> this is brilliant, yeah. and and I didn't realise that um, you 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 were involved uh, <laughs> in that. So that's wonderful. That's 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 really cool. I I love the fact that you've described yourself as an engineer, innovator, and dreamer. Mm. Yes. Where does the dreaming come into <laughs> into your career? 
the the dream is is me staying true to you know everything that inspired me as a child. I remember as 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 a child, you know, there was there was there was a song that just kind of stuck in my head, and one of the lines from it was, you know, come with me into this, you know place of of pure imagination i'm not sure i've got the, the exact words but da, 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 i'm not gonna sing <laughs> come with me to this place of pure imagination but um and 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 that has been you know one of the things that has just kept me curious and kept me thinking of what is possible um and even when times have gotten really hard and it's been difficult to see you know beyond what is in front of me i've always found hope and you know encouragement in imagining what is possible and i think for us as humans right you know we all need something to hold on to we all need that dream of possibilities and i've seen dreams come to life i've seen them become reality and i don't want to let go of that <laughs> it must be a nice yeah. feeling yeah. yes you know the hard work that's gone into it but mm. also like you mm. say it is like the realization of a of a dream and that's a, a rather a wonderful feeling now you gave an example of the, the china project which you know sounds creative and and interesting on so many levels what's been a project for you that has sort of fulfilled a dream in terms of sustainability for, for you or where you've done something where you feel my goodness i've made a real difference here to people's lives wow um that's a question that's <laughs> that's really challenging my <laughs> my 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 I guess my um you can have several answers. <laughs> um, do, do you know? I think more recently, I I'm grateful for the role that I've played on hospital projects. Would this be the Grange University Hospital in, yes, in yes, Wales? Yes, yes, yes. I'm I'm grateful for my role there. I'm grateful for my role in another hospital project in Brighton, working with really incredible people as well. I better explain here that the, the Grange University Hospital is huge. It's the first major hospital to be built in Wales in, in more than, you know, twenty years. What's that? Four hundred and seventy one beds most of them on suite facilities. I mean, that's a big project, but I've not heard about the Brighton one. So explain what the Brighton Hospital it, yeah, it's a very It's a very similar one. I guess with the Grange, it wasn't pretty, it was, it was, it was a new project. And with the one in Brighton, what we did there was to, you know, build an extension to a fully operational uh, hospital facility with some of the wards still in operation as we were extending parts of it. And actually, I was working on both of them about the same time. And what, what my role pretty much was, was to explore and uh, be part of the design of, you know, us being able to assemble the hospital building parts of it in factories in controlled spaces so um, we built the bathroom pods in controlled spaces in factories um, in this country and really working to 
hospital specification to ensure we were providing, you know, the cleanest, the safest uh, bathrooms for the patients, um, ensuring that, you know, uh, we were designing and manufacturing bathroom pods that could be maintained um, quite easily throughout the lifetime of the hospital. And seeing it all come together, seeing, you know, it go from design to a procurement of materials, uh, seeing supply chain involvement, seeing the guys in the factory work incredibly hard assembling all these bathroom pods, ensuring that the finishes were to spec and then delivering them to site as the buildings were kind of coming into themselves. Just amazing. Really, really amazing. And and now, you know, the Grange is open and I'm just very proud and, and very grateful for, you know, for the opportunity to see something that's going to have an impact on people's lives um, come together very, very well. That's great because, you know, if you were to just say to somebody, oh, I've just worked in, in a, on a sanitation project, it wouldn't get people's imagination as much in terms of how you've described <laughs> <laughs> what, you, what you've effectively done there. And, and this is key, really, isn't it? It's communicating what an engineer does and it's something that you've become very good at because you've presented programs tv programs that have ranged from the discovery channel to children's like cbbc what what have you learned from those experiences when it when it comes to communicating what an engineer's job does involve I, I think the 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 one thing I've learned is to just simplify stuff. <laughs> you know, um, we're you know us as engineers, we, we we delve into the complexities of everything. You know, we um, you know have to you know delve into the complexities of the concepts that we employ to design whatever it is we're designing um and sometimes we communicate you know at, at the level of the complexities um and actually what we need to do is find the art in engineering and the art is the universal language find that thing that everybody else can you know relate to they can see they can feel and and that is what i love about communicating engineering ideas it's really the process of finding the art and communicating the art and getting that connection between you know society people the engineering um to inspire them to even appreciate the engineering even more you must have enjoyed being a judge on the Queen Elizabeth Prize mm. Create uh, the Trophy yes. competition then, yes. because that brings in some beautiful artwork and design. Oh, I really did. I really, really did. And And actually, you know, the cool thing about it was, you know, seeing the art and also seeing the source of the art. And actually, what I really appreciated even more was, the fact that these young people had come up with incredible designs, you know, designs that capture geometry, capture storytelling, capture society, capture the future. 
um, their interpretation of, you know, what they thought the task was. And that was wonderful. It really, really, really was. It's something that would stay with me forever and ever and ever, I think. <laughs> now, you, you do do a lot of things to communicate engineering to, to different audiences. I loved the Barbie Bee <laughs> workshop because I think for, for some women, not all, but for me, a Barbie is a complete turnoff. But I know that so many children and girls in particular do love Barbie dolls yeah. and can see how it's a really important way to challenge the roles that women have. Because obviously when that product started off, the Barbie dolls were just for fashion. Yeah. Whereas now it's, it's changed. It has. Um, I, I, and I've, I've got a three-year-old daughter and she loves Barbie. You know, you know, she she loves trains. She lo- loves Barbie. She loves, you know, it, just, just a wide range of stuff. And actually, you know, this week at nursery, as part of her homework, she was asked to tell me what she wants to become when she grows up. Now, she's got a pilot Barbie. And her response was, mommy, I want to become a pilot. I want to fly planes. I want to take people around the world. I want to see the world. And, you know, that for me was just accumulation of the best of all worlds, right? Because she's got this Barbie who is in a, in a pilot uniform, right? And she travels, right? She's got, you know, um, mom and dad, you know, as engineers. She sees trains. She understands, you know, that she can become a train driver as well. And I think, you know, just really seeing the role that every single toy can potentially have in inspiring a young child is really powerful. Just changing the narrative where it needs to be changed, expanding the narrative of the toys where it needs to be expanded. And because children have lots of very different interests. Um, so yes, I really enjoyed being part of that. I really did. You're so right, because when I was young, there were two outfits that were very common for presents for children particularly at at Christmas or or birthdays. And they were for fancy dress and they were a doctor's outfit with a lab coat and a stethoscope (laughs) and a nurse's outfit. And the doctor's outfits were bought for the boys and the nurse's outfits were bought for the girls. (laughs) And and now, of course, Barbie, you get astronaut Barbie, Mm -hmm. you have a robotics engineer Barbie, you have a STEM kit Yes, uh, it, it's it is, and it and it's important. It's 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 very important. Yeah. And what role did you play on that? Uh, it, uh, it was a workshop, wasn't it? Yes, with, it, with, with young children. Yes, it, it was. It was a campaign, really, to you know inspire young young children. Um, and I was um, invited by Barbie. It was hosted by. Um, an, an incredible woman called Apuna, and um, I was joined by uh, Mala Malkin, um, and we had all these 
wonderful children just really you know holding on to every single word and at the end of it you know just hearing them feed back what they had heard how their perceptions had changed you know how encouraged they were just made every single moment of it worth it and I think actually we must create something that just brings that, you know, that ripple effect. You know, there's so many, so many children that still need to hear that they can be anything they want to be. You know, I, I still speak with, you know, college students and students in year 10, 11 who feel they can't be, you know, engineers or they can't be mathematicians and they can't be scientists. So there's still quite a bit of work to, to be done. Um, and it really is for, you know, organizations, companies to be part of changing the narrative. Now, is this why also in terms of changing the narrative, you set up something called our ingenious mm-hmm. world? Yes. <laughs> yes. Describe for those who've not heard of it, describe exactly what it is. Our ingenious world is something I've been, you know, thinking of and working on and dreaming on of for a very, very long time. Um, you know, throughout, you know, my what career so far, I've just and, and actually from experiencing different cultures and traveling the world. I'm just in awe of our world, you know, I'm in awe of the talent and the hard work that has gone into creating a wonderful planet to live in. I'm I'm also (laughs) a bit, you know, uh, well, not the word is not discouraged, but a bit sad at the fact that, you know, there is still there is still a lot of work to be done. There's still young people who really should have access to education who don't. There's still um, people who really need to be spending their time with creatives and in great companies who don't have access to great companies and great training programs. And, And there's still people who need to hear this message and see this, you know, vision of real life people who are changing the narrative. Anyway, so our ingenious world is a, you know, combination of all those different, you know, ambitions in that where I'm hoping it's hoping it would get to is a project that combines storytelling and really, you know, putting people who are doing incredible work in the faces of young people to inspire them. Um, over the summer, I ran um, a work experience week for over a hundred, well, actually 500 students applied from all over the world. And they all had access to the YouTube uh, live streams. Um, and then we worked with a hundred students from 25 or so different countries to give them work experience and to expose them to industry and all the cool engineering stuff that's happening all over the world. So our ingenious world is is, is a series of projects. <laughs> In short, you know, it's just a series of projects to bring about tangible impact. And you, you're not just showing, look, here, here are engineers, this is what we do. 
it's also trying to open people's eyes to their potential, Absolutely. their own potential. Absolutely. Because that was the greatest thing I was given. David George, my mom, and actually the list goes on and on. My, my professor at university, my current mentors, literally gave me the perspective stroke, vision stroke, insight to imagine that I could do it. You know, to imagine and see that I could do it, I could be whatever I wanted to, to be. And when I think back on the journey, you know, that was, that was the best thing that they could have given me. Just sparking, sparking a yes, I can, you know, thing within me and equipping me with the inspiration was literally the best thing any of them could give me. So would that be your advice to people who want to get into engineering or who, or who are currently engineers is if you don't have one, find yourself a mentor. Yeah, absolutely. Find yourself that person who inspires you, who you can go to and, you know, get all or as much encouragement as possible from that person who would say, actually, you know what, don't be so hard on yourself. This is how you do it. Take it in baby steps. This is how you connect it. You really have to be around people who inspire you. And if you currently don't have that, start to look for them because they're out there. <laughs> and, and, and you've been publicly recognized as well for your, for your work in terms of a, an MBE. How did you feel about that when you found out? <laughs> I was in shock. Um, I thought the letter was a letter from HMRC when it first came through my door. <laughs> you owed the money. Yeah. I was like, oh gosh, I hope I don't owe these guys any money anymore. But actually it's it's been a year now and I'm so grateful for the recognition. I'm, you know, it's it's that I guess that welcome pat on the back that, you know, you're doing okay, just carry on. <laughs> and obviously to whom much is given, much is expected. So there's that sense of you've been given, you know, a lot in terms of encouragement. You really have to carry on doing the work to make sure that, you know, other people as well have the opportunity to be creative, have the opportunity to see the satisfaction and feel the satisfaction that comes from, you know, doing some really cool, fun stuff. So it's it's been quite cool. <laughs> my my mom has been, yeah, it's been really good for my mom as well because, um, you know, I'm just so grateful that she has that as well because she she sacrificed a lot and put a lot into raising my sister and I up so so it's um it's 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 a bit of a reward for her as well <laughs> well I'm glad she's bathing in, in your glory that's wonderful to hear uh Yawande Akinola thank you so much for joining me on the create the future podcast thank you for having me it's been a real pleasure thank you Sue <laughs>